You're listening to Matt Loves Cameras. 2019 has been a pretty good year for me. I've been on two overseas holidays. I've shot a lot of film. In fact, it's probably the most amount of film that I've shot since 1999. (laughs) Yes, I really am that old. I've been part of the wonderful Frugal Film Project. And I've also come to certain realizations about myself and film photography and my relationship to shooting film. So in today's episode, I'm going to tell you about the 10 things that I learned about film photography in 2019. And also keep listening to see if you are the winner for my bumper film stash giveaway. I'm Matt Murray, and this is Matt Loves Cameras. Analog photography related. friends how are you i hope you are well wherever you are all around the world by gosh it is so hot here in brisbane it was something like 38 degrees today um, probably close to 40 in some parts of southeast queensland and the sun was just so hot bearing down on me as i walked around the city and it was kind of like an oven just the, the feeling of the humidity and the heat um, so if you're somewhere cold right now, um, think of the nice warmth here in Brisbane, and I'll certainly be thinking of cooler or cold climates right now as well. Oh, and uh, 38, 40 degrees, when I say that, of course, that is Celsius, so that's around 100 degrees Fahrenheit. Quite warm, <laughs> quite warm. Welcome to today's episode of Matt Loves Cameras, episode 23 of Matt Loves Cameras. We are getting close to the end of the year, aren't we? So in today's show, I do have a sort of a recap of the year in a way, kind of things that I've learned about film photography in 2019. It's been a very, very busy seven to 10 days. So the kids finished school last Friday for the year. So our school year here runs from January to December. So they now get six weeks off on school holidays before they start the new school year in late January 2020. So they are super excited about that. Last week, my daughter had her graduation from primary school or junior school, I guess you could say. So she had a grade six graduation and they had a a really lovely function uh, just locally at a nice, um, it was actually at a private school, the the function, even though my my daughter doesn't go to a private school, it was at a a private school sort of um, auditorium and it was lovely uh, to see all the kids there and uh, she had photos with all of her friends and it was really very nice. And uh, old dad um, had a couple of tears, you know, seeing my baby girl up on stage, you know, remember just like yesterday when she was born and changing and you know teaching you how to talk and walk and all of a sudden she's finished uh, primary school and I guess high school will be next then who knows what I've also been busy doing other stuff so there's been a lot of Christmas events end of year events lunches dinners concerts all that kind of stuff 
I've also had to apply for the job that I've been doing for the last year. Uh, I've been doing it as a contractor and I had to apply for it um, to move into a more sort of full-time role as an employee rather than a contractor. So I've had some kind of, yeah, uncertainty over the work situation. Hopefully I will have a job in January 2020. Um, Otherwise, I don't know how I'm going to pay for my film development. Um, But there you go. Uh, So fingers crossed for me. Just a quick recap, I'm Matt Murray, I'm a photographer and camera enthusiast from very hot, very sunny Brisbane in Australia. This podcast is all about analogue photography. In many episodes of the podcast, I review a different film or instant camera, telling you about its history, its features, what it's like to use and what kind of photos you can expect from it. In other episodes of the podcast, like today's, I will chat about a particular topic in film photography. And today's episode 23 of Matt Loves Cameras is 10 things I've learned about film photography in 2019. You can see the show notes for most of the episodes on the website mattlovescameras.com along with the show's Instagram at mattlovescameras. So the first thing I learned in 2019 about film photography is that I have too many cameras. Shock, horror, stop the press. <laughs> yes, I'm sure you guys will know that I how many cameras I have. I have way too many. I think I had 130 at last count, and that is just too many for me. I've accumulated them over the last few years, and there was a real acceleration in 2018 when I was planning to launch this podcast. So I'd actually been thinking about launching the podcast for about a year, by the time I did it. And I sort of started buying up cameras here and there thinking, oh yeah, that'd be good to do a podcast episode about that camera or this one or that one. And I ended up buying loads of cameras. A lot of them weren't very expensive, but still I I tried to tick off quite a few sort of boxes, you know, medium format, TLRs, you know, roll film cameras, all sorts of stuff. Uh, So yeah, I now have over 130 cameras and that is just too many. And ideally by this time next year, I want to get that down in half to about 65. Ideally, I'd really love about 40 cameras covering all sort of different genres and all different types of cameras. So, you know, point and shoots, SLRs, TLRs, medium format, instant cameras, Instax cameras, half frame and Lomo. They're the main sort of ones that I have and that I'm into. So that's ideally what I'd love, about 40 cameras. And then I'd love another, say, uh, I don't know, (laughs) 12 to 15 sitting on my shelf. Now, I'm not a person who loves having cameras in a display cabinet or on a shelf, Uh, but I do really love having my Polaroid cameras up on a shelf because I think they look so cool. They're really the only cameras I like displaying uh, because I love Polaroid so much. So yeah, I would love to get my camera count down in half by this time next year to, to 65 or less. So that is one of my goals for 2020. So the second thing I learned about film photography in 2019 is that I have too much film. Yes, I do. So at last count, I had around, I think around 300 rolls or packs of film. Uh, Now I do shoot a lot, but still that is a lot of film. It's at least a two year supply, I would suggest. Now, a lot of the film in my fridge, you know, it's sort of expired film or film I've kept for projects. 
So it's not as if I would sequentially work through that film. I'd probably look at using certain batches of film for different things. And there's probably film in there I'll probably never get around to shooting, to be honest. Um, But I am trying to not buy as much film uh, just because I have such a backlog. Um, Having said that, a new arrival, a new shipment actually came this week. I had no iType film and I had a few others that I had to order as well. So after I've sort of bought some up for Christmas... I bought quite a few rolls from uh, suppliers here in Australia and I've just had a little shipment come in from the United States of film that I couldn't get here in Australia. So yeah, I, I think I'm all stocked up now and I want to get that down as well, those 300 rolls. The third thing I've learned about film photography in 2019 is that I am trying to kick gas, gear acquisition syndrome, but it's hard. I am completely aware of the fact that I have too many cameras. I'm completely aware of the fact that I have too much film and yet I still keep buying more. Now I have made some small (laughs) steps forward in the last same month. I've sold a roller cord, an OM10. Uh, What else have I sold? I've sold quite a few uh, rolls of film here and there to people. So yeah, I'm trying to get rid of stuff. Uh, One of the main drivers for that is that I'm actually doing a book or a zine and I didn't want to sort of for it to be any burden on my family's finances. So I thought, right, I've got to sell some of the stuff I have to finance this book slash scene. So that's one of the things. And it's actually really satisfying. Um, kind of, I have a separate bank account for this money and watching the money sort of stack up in the bank account um, as I sell stuff, it's been really satisfying to see myself sort of saving towards funding this zine. And uh, it's something that I definitely want to do more. The other thing about gas is I feel like I'm kind of refining what I have going forward and I'm sort of going for more quality stuff, not the quantity. So probably the last couple of years I have been guilty of going for quantity when really now I'm saying, hmm, you know, what do I really need? Do I really need that item? I probably don't need it. And I'm going for more quality items that fit in with the rest of the kit that I like shooting with. The fourth thing I learned about film photography in 2019 is that I am now very wary of electronic cameras. I've kind of been burnt twice this year by electronic cameras. Well, not really burnt because I bought them off eBay with the the eBay slash PayPal guarantee. So I'm not out of pocket for either of them, but still I am very wary about buying them now. Of course, you may have heard in the eBay episode about the Contax G2 that I bought that had major kind of shutter issues. Um, You know, one frame was kind of going into the next frame, it's actually really hard for me to explain what was going on. Uh, But if you go to the eBay episode of Matt Loves Cameras and go to the show notes at mattlovescameras.com, you will see what I mean. Uh, It had a very serious issue and that camera was not cheap. It was like a thousand US dollars. So I actually sent it back to Japan and got my money back, which was great. And more recently, I bought a big mini. I think I told you guys that I bought the big mini for a good price and it was billed as working completely fine. Uh, The flash did not work at all when I got it. I worked that out. The flash doesn't work at all. And also, when you press the shutter quite often, it doesn't take a photo. And at first I thought, oh, is the subject a little bit too close to where I am? But even when I'm shooting sort of in, in infinity kind of situations, you know, like the sea or whatever, it just wouldn't 
uh, fire. The shutter wouldn't fire. So I've actually sent that back for a full refund as well, uh, which is a bit, again, a bit disappointing because these are two cameras I really wanted to shoot with, the Contax G2 and the Big Mini, Konica Big Mini. Uh, but still, that is something I'm becoming wary of, these electronic cameras. Now, of course, I do have a Fujifilm Class S and uh, touch wood, that keeps going <laughs> for a very long time with no issues. But certainly, I will think twice about getting into the electronic camera game in the future. The fifth thing I've learned about film photography in 2019 is that I don't like scanning. So about 18 months ago, I bought an Epson V550 scanner because I knew I was going to shoot a lot of roll film coming up for when I was launching Matt Love's cameras. And I think I've probably scanned around 50 rolls of film on the scanner since then. So the scanner's kind of paid for itself. I think it was around $200, 200 US dollars brand new, which is around 300 Australian dollars. So so if you work out the price of the lab scanning those 40, 50 rolls of film, I've definitely got my money's worth out of the scanner. But now the last few months, I have not scanned a single thing. And there's been a few reasons why. So first of all, a few episodes back, you would have heard me talking about the museum glass. So I wanted to get some sharper scans. I went and got some museum glass. Museum glass probably wasn't the right thing to use. I probably wanted anti-Newton ring glass, which a few of the listeners pointed out to me. And then around that time when I was thinking about getting some anti-Newton ring glass to scan my images, we went away to the UK uh, for a month. And just before we went, I actually had a few rolls of film I needed to get developed. And I thought, I'm not going to have time to scan these before I go. So I actually got the lab to do all the scans for me. And when the scans came back, I was like, oh, wow, I'm actually a better photographer than I thought I was. Uh, I'm like a 30% better photographer instantly because these images look amazing. And um, it, it wasn't necessarily the photographer or the camera. It was just the way that, you know, the scans, they look great. Now, the scans that I get are just the, the basic sort of scans from labs. They're typically around 12 megapixel, megapixel, I can't speak, 12 megapixels. So around, you know, the 4,000 pixels by 3,000 pixels. So they're not massive, but they're pretty good for most users. And as soon as I got these scans back before we left overseas, I was like, oh, wow, I'm really looking forward now to getting my scans done in the UK. So I had a whole load of um, rolls done by AG Photo in the UK in Birmingham and they turned out really great as well. And then when I got back to Australia, I've been getting labs to do my scans <laughs> as well when I've got back to Australia. So I've had quite a few rolls done by Rewind Photo Lab in Sydney and I've had quite a few rolls, um, actually only a few rolls done by my favourite lab in Brisbane, which is Camera House in Drapilli. Um, I was getting dev only from Camera House in Tripili, but I used them for my scans last time and they did a great job. I think it was Jemima who uh, helped me out and did the scans and she did a great job. So yeah, there you go. So I think I've become addicted to labs doing my scanning for me. Uh, and of course, it doesn't mean that I can't go back if I really love a frame. You know, I can open the scanner up and try and scan it to an even higher re resolution, of course. You know, scan it as a TIFF or color correct it myself or anything like that. But I think I've kind of become addicted now to getting labs doing my scanning for me. You're listening to Matt Loves Cameras.
The sixth thing I've learned about film photography in 2019 is that film photographers are wonderful people. And by film photographers, I mean, of course, the listeners of Matt Loves Cameras. It never ceases to amaze me when you guys uh, like a photo and comment on it or send me a message on Instagram or send me an email to mattlovescameras at gmail.com or just listen to the show and visit the show notes. As I'm recording this in mid-December 2019, the show has had 7,500 downloads, which I'm really happy with. Um, it's nowhere near as many as many other film photography podcasts. But you know what? I don't care. I've started this podcast as a bit of fun, and I'm just amazed that uh, 7,500 times people have downloaded this podcast and, and people have continued to listen to it. Uh, so thank you so much to you. Yes, you listening to this podcast right now. And the stats that I get from Podbean are pretty cool and so I can actually see on there that uh, over 80 countries people in over 80 countries have downloaded Matt Loves Cameras Uh, I'm sure some of them must have been by accident but um, hopefully the vast majority were by people who who love film photography and uh, who actually wanted to listen to Matt Loves Cameras so the top countries I will tell you what the top countries of listeners are so here we go I'm just going to pull the stats up It won't surprise you at all to know that the biggest country, well, the country with the most listeners for Matt Loves Cameras is the United States of America. Comfortably won the competition there. Well, there's no competition is there, but comfortably won um, in the listening stakes there. Second is my own Australia. Third is my adopted sort of home of the United Kingdom where I lived for 12, 13 years. Fourth is Canada. Fifth is Germany. Sixth is the Netherlands, seven is Sweden, eight is Norway, nine is Thailand. I wonder if that's Mr. Matt Jones and his friends. And uh, number 10 is Japan. So there you go. Um, It's been a real pleasure just seeing on this map all the different countries where people have listened. It's it's quite incredible. So thank you to each and every one of you. The most popular episode of Matt Loves Camera so far is the episode I did, the Fujifilm Class versus the Fujifilm Class S, which was kind of like a mini review of both cameras. I just recently looked at the images I posted on the show notes for that episode. They were terrible. Um, so I've got to do another episode uh, about the Fujifilm Class S um, and do a p- full proper review with some good pictures. And I've got quite a good selection of pictures to choose from now. The seventh thing I've learned about film photography in 2019 is what my favorite camera of this year has been. So I come up with a short list of all my favorite cameras that I've used this year, and there's really been three contenders. So there's been the Fujifilm Class S, there's been the Mint Instant Con RF70, and there's been the Olympus LT1 point and shoot. And I think I'm going to have to crown the Olympus LT1 point and shoot my favorite camera of 2019. Of course, I've used that every month this year as part of the Frugal Film Project. And I really love that little camera. I've enjoyed using Kodak Gold 200 with it all year. It's really created some really cool images that it's really impressed me. And uh, I'm thinking about doing a zine from the images that I've taken in 2019 with that camera. So that is my favorite camera of 2019, the Olympus LT1, which of course is like a Mu1 in a little leather jacket. So I'm just going to have a little break with the top 10 things I learned about film photography in 2019, and I'm going to feature a little question from a listener. So here we go. Here is the question. 
Hi Matt, it's Alistair Dougal here. Anyway, the reason for the phone-in is to ask you a question. Do you print your own prints in the darkroom? I know you take lots of photos on these lovely cameras you seem to buy for 12 for a dollar or whatever it was when you were over in Shropshire. But, do you print? We'd love to know and share your thoughts with us. Till then, Alistair. Thank you so much, Alistair, for sending that message in. So no, I don't print my own photos. I don't develop my own film. I really am a kind of the guy who puts the film in the camera, shoots the film and sends it off to the lab to scan and develop these days. And, you know, I would love to learn all that stuff. I'd love to learn how to develop my own film. I'd love to learn how to do all the darkroom stuff. But unfortunately, I think it's just, number one, I don't have a knowledge about that stuff and I don't have the time to learn it. I mean, if I lived near someone and they did all that stuff, I would definitely go around their house if, if they invited me and, and watch how they did it and try and learn. So maybe in the future, that's something I've got to look forward to. And that segues nicely to the next point. The eighth thing I've learned about film photography in 2019 is what my favorite film was this year. And there were really three contenders here as well. So the first one was Kodak Gold 200, which I used a lot. I really love the colors of that film. And I think it's a great quality film, especially at that price. The second film is Portra 400. I used a lot of Portra 400 during my one month overseas through Hong Kong, Switzerland and the United Kingdom. And I really loved that. But the winner of my favorite film of 2019 is a format that I really didn't shoot that much before this year. And really, I've only shot it because I bought a camera <laughs> that took the format. And that is Instax Wide. I've really, really loved using Instax Wide this year with the Mint Instacon RF70. And just looking around here in my office, I've got boxes and boxes and boxes of Mint InstantCon RF70 pictures taken on that Instax Wide film. And I, I just love sort of looking through them. There's nothing like having a stack of instant photos in your hand and sort of looking through them all. It's a really, really wonderful, tangible thing to do. Whereas so many of my other photos really just exist in a digital realm, right? I don't really print them out. I should print them out and I don't. Uh, but there you go. It, it's really been really amazing having these Instax Wide print in my hands and hopefully that will spur on me to uh, get more images printed next year. The ninth thing I've learned about film photography in 2019 is that it has come at a cost. Not a literal cost in terms of the amount of money I've spent on cameras and film, although you could argue that is definitely the case. But I'm talking about my photography and my digital photography. It's probably been my slowest digital photography year for a long, long time. Uh, I just haven't been shooting digital as much this year because I've been so focused on this podcast and taking instant photos and other photos with film cameras. And that's something, you know what, I'm, I'm not sort of happy nor sad about it. I think I've just become much more aware of it in the last, you know, few weeks, looking back at the photos of the year. 
And there's been a lot of digital photos, for example, from my trip overseas that I haven't even looked at because I was so focused on looking at the film ones. So I definitely want to do some more digital shooting next year. I want to do more portraits. I want to do more travel stuff. So I think hopefully in 2020, I will be doing some more digital as well. More digital than I did in 2019 anyway. And sort of just try and, and keep a bit of an equilibrium there. You know, I'm not a, a film photography purist. You know, I do love shooting digital as well. I love both. I love all sort of formats. So yeah, I think that's something I will be more more thoughtful of next year when I'm taking cameras out. Take my little X100F or another camera out with me as well. The 10th thing I've learned about film photography in 2019 is that I'm only doing about half the number of podcasts I think I could actually do. Unfortunately, I am not a man of leisure. I have to go out every day and work for a living. What a shame. Uh, don't get me wrong. I really enjoy my work and I work with a great bunch of people. But still, if I won the lotto tomorrow, I think I would be churning out many more Matt Loves Cameras episodes. So let me give you a little glimpse into what's coming up in 2020. So here are some of the cameras I will be reviewing. The Canon Prima AS1, which of course is that red, white and black Canon underwater camera. I'll be giving you a full review of the Fujifilm Class S. I'll be doing a review on the Mu2. I'm going to develop my own black and white images. Yes, yes, I will. I do have most of the stuff I need to develop my own black and white at home. Uh, I have a big bottle of Cine Steel Monobath and I have a change bag or whatever you call it and everything else. So uh, I just have to get some time and get around to doing that. I'll be doing some reviews on half-frame cameras. So I've got the Pen FT with the wonderful 40mm, what is it, a 1.4 lens, I think it is, yep. And I've also got the Hello Kitty Golden Half, a beautiful light little camera. I've got the Nikon FM3A, which is a wonderful camera. I've got the Canon uh, AE1 program, which I just got fixed with that wonderful Canon uh, 50mm 1.4 lens. I've got the Polaroid One Step Plus, which is one of the newer Polaroid cameras, which takes iType film. I'm finally going to get into some medium format action in 2020 on Matt Loves Cameras. So I've got my Rollerflex Grey T, and I've also got a, an original Holger, and I might even give that pesky Diana camera another go. That was a real nightmare last time I used that. And I also have another 110 camera to use. I have an APS camera somewhere. Don't tell Mike Gutterman. And uh, I'd also love to shoot some more 127 film as well. So there's plenty of cool stuff coming up in 2020. So hopefully the episodes will come thick and fast as soon as we hit the new year. Now, over the last couple of months, I have been talking to you guys about my trip over to the UK, Hong Kong and Switzerland, and I asked listeners, what is your favourite travel destination and which camera would you take to that place? And here is the latest instalment. It is, once again, our friend, my friend, everyone's friend, Alistair Dougal. Oh, and if you're wondering what that weird noise at the start of the recording is, Alistair's walking down the street in Sydney, and I believe it's the warbling of the Australian magpie. Hi, Matt. Alistair Dougal here. 
was that double? I'm never quite sure. That bloody Rachel and Sunny 16 crew have a lot to answer for. Anyway, on your previous podcast, you were talking about holiday destinations and the cameras people would take. For me, it's easy. It would be the Olympus OM1. I love the camera. It's small, demure, has a fantastic shutter, and it's been very reliable. The great thing about it is it's basically mechanical, save for a spot meter, so the battery fails, you still carry on shooting. I generally shoot it with the Zuku 50mm f1.8 lens, which I got with the camera. It's a fantastic lens, very sharp, really impressed. And it's great for street photography. I generally zone focus, and I can go out and get the shots I really want. As to location, well, that doesn't really matter. I think the main thing is, don't go and take photos of something that's been photographed a billion times before. We don't need to see more of them. Go and find a cafe out of the tourist zone. Walk the streets and see interesting things. Get the photos that really count for you. That's what you need to do. That will make a difference. Anyway, we've been loving the podcast and congratulations on doing a whole year's worth. We're looking forward to the next year. Anyway, from Sydney where the bushfire smoke is pretty smoky today, it's Alistair. Thank you so much, Alistair, for leaving that message for me, or sending me that message, should I say. Uh, it was fantastic to hear your voice. Not fantastic to hear about the uh, the air quality in Sydney. Uh, the air quality up here in Brisbane has been terrible as well. We've had so many bushfires up and down the East Coast, and they're still going. And uh, some days it's been really, really bad for asthmatics and people with respiratory conditions uh, in particular, but everyone, it's no good for anyone, all these bushfires. Uh, it's just been such a hot, dry uh, summer and spring. And uh, yeah, hoping for a bit of rain. We did have a bit of rain uh, about a week ago here in Brisbane, which was lovely, but everything is just still so dry, despite the fact we had some rain. Now, Alistair's actually left me a third message. Now, this didn't happen like in 24 hours. This happened over the course of about the last three weeks. Um, so Alistair isn't stalking me and sending me messages every every few hours. Um, but he did send me three. And here is another one. I think this is the latest one that he sent me. Here we go. Hi, Matt. Alistair Dougal here. Just wanted to reach out and say hi. Just listened to the show with you and Graham wandering around taking photos on some cheapo cameras. Great idea. Sounded fun. Anyway, enjoying all the shows. Please bring us more. We can't wait till the next episode. Till then, cheers. Well, thank you again, Alistair. That is very kind of you. And um, yeah, I'm looking forward to going down to Sydney. I've got a few friends in Sydney. Uh, so we've got Alistair, of course. Uh, we've got Alan, the film sweats, at the film sweats. So, um, yeah, maybe next time I head down to Sydney, I'll have a couple of film buddies to go for a walk with. Um, I, I really love Sydney. I've only been there, I think, once this year, and I was only there for a few hours. 
Um, but every other year in the past, um, I've gone there usually for four or five days. And I think 2019 is the only year I've only been there for one day, which is a shame because it's a, it's a, it's a wonderful city to visit. And uh, hopefully I'll, I'll get some more Aussie travels up in 2020 instead of overseas travel. Now, speaking about overseas travel, I actually sent a little package overseas on Saturday. So it was, of course, my emulsive secret Santa, and I sent it late. How embarrassing. There was a bit of a mix-up with a company that I order film from. There was some film that I wanted um, for myself. Um, I wanted some double jelly and a couple of the double bubble gum and a few other bits and bobs. And then I had to order some a particular type of film for my secret Santa buddy. And um, long story short, I also ordered some other film, I think some Kodak Portrait 800, and it wasn't in stock. And usually they just send me everything in stock straight away and they'll send me the other stuff when it comes in. This particular order... Because the Portrait 800 was out of stock, the whole order got stopped for like 10 days. And uh, as a consequence, I was about eight or nine days late sending my Secret Santa. I'm so embarrassed. Um, I did get in touch with my Secret Santa buddy, and he's in Singapore. And I did apologize profusely. He doesn't know who I am yet. And he even if I told him who I was, he has, I don't think he has any idea who I am or I have a podcast or anything like that. Um, but I did apologize and said, I'm so sorry. It will be with you soon. So I sent that on Saturday. I sent it in a 500 gram satchel uh, to Singapore. And it was a little bit of a balancing act getting everything in there. But I managed, under 500 grams, I managed to get 10 rolls of film. Uh, so I had seven rolls of 135 film. So I had, let's have a look here. So I sent two rolls of Fujifilm or Fujicolor Professional Pro 400H, one roll of Acros 100, that's the original Acros that's been discontinued, one roll of Fujifilm Superior 400, one roll of Kodak Pro Image 100, one roll of Kodak Gold 200, one roll of Kodak Ultramax 400. And in 120 film, I sent one roll of Portra 400 in 120 format and two rolls of Ilford Delta Professional 400. I also sent um, an analog book, which is a little notebook where you can, uh, it's a beautiful little book laid out in, you know, in terms of 36 frames and you can write all little notes about exposure and that kind of stuff. And there's handy little charts and stuff in the book as well. So that's the analog book. I think I featured analog book in my last year's episode, my top 12 Christmas gifts for analog or film photographers. Uh, so yeah, analog book. I sent um, my secret Santa buddy one of those. And I also sent him three Australian delicacies. So I sent him a Cherry Ripe, which is a, a Cadbury chocolate bar here in Australia, which is like dark chocolate with cherries through it. Um, I don't think any other country does Cherry Ripes. So I hope he likes cherries and dark chocolate. Um, I also sent him a Crunchy, a Cadbury Crunchy, um, you know, a classic chocolate bar there. And the third one was actually one that I've never heard of before until I turned up to the supermarket the other day. It's a Freddo Milky Top. So, of course, Freddo is a chocolate frog, but this is like a bar of Freddo. 
and it's um, white and milk chocolate. So it's a bit like Top Deck. If you guys, I don't know if you guys get Top Deck where you are. Certainly, if you're in Australia or New Zealand or the UK, you probably know what Top Deck is. Probably North American friends. I'm not sure you guys know what Top Deck is, but it's a delicious blend of milk and white chocolate. Speaking of American chocolate. Man, how do you guys get chocolate so wrong? Um, I've tasted American chocolate many times and it just tastes weird, man. Like, you know, you, you guys need to get over to Switzerland or England uh, or Belgium and uh, work out how to make a good chocolate. Um, anyway, enough on that. Uh, My Secret Santa is on the way from the USA. Uh, gosh, um, so... Having said that now about American chocolate, I'm sure I will enjoy whatever my friend has sent me. I will definitely enjoy. Um, And if I don't enjoy it, I can palm it off to my kids. Now the announcement you've all been waiting for. For the last few weeks, I've been running a competition where I'm giving away 12 rolls of 35mm film in my Matt Loves Cameras film giveaway. So just a refresher, here are the 12 films that you could win. Kodak Pro Image 100, Kodak Gold 200, Kodak Ultramax 400, Ilford XP2, Ilford FP4+, Ilford Delta 3200, Fujifilm C200, Fujifilm Superior 400, Fujifilm Extra 800, Neopan Professional Acros 100, Kodak Tri-X 400, and a roll of discontinued, as a few of these ones are, Agfa Color Slide Film 100 Speed. So that's the 12 rolls of film that's up for grabs. So here we go. I've got all of the entries written down on paper in a little bag. Had just over 40 entries. And I'm going to give them a bit of a swirl around in the bag. And uh, it's very exciting audio, isn't it? And uh, here we go. I'm going to pull a piece of paper out. And it's got an at symbol in front of it. So I know it's from Instagram. It is... The winner is... Malloy Photo. Malloy Photo. So let me just have a look here. I've got the post open on Instagram. Can I find out a bit more about Malloy Photo? Here we go. Uh, So this was the comments. Um, All the episodes are really interesting, but one that I really loved was in episode 20, listening to your Switzerland travels while I was there. So I'm going to click on Malloy Photo. And Malloy Photo is Sam Malloy, film and digital, best of both worlds, uh, from Australia, because he's got an Australian flag after his name there. And uh, oh, he's got some really lovely photos here on his Instagram. Sam has really beautiful colour photos. Uh, man after my own heart with that beautiful colour travel photography. So well done, Sam. Uh, Sam, let me know where you're at. It looks like the last few photos were taken in Switzerland. Um, but if you're back in Australia now, let me know where I can send that film to you. Um, send me an email to... Um, actually, no, just send me on. Send me a message on Instagram. So I definitely know it's you. Because uh, otherwise I might get someone send me through an email and go, Oh yeah, my name's Sam. Can you please send the film to me? Uh, so, um, Sam, message me uh, from your Sat Malloy photo account on Instagram and we'll set that up.
check out the show notes at mattlovescameras.com. If you're on Instagram, come say hi at mattlovescameras. Or if you fancy getting in touch, drop us a line at mattlovescameras at gmail.com. So just to finish off the show, I have an email from a listener. So I did, of course, tell you guys that if you wanted an extra uh, competition entry or a first competition entry for the film giveaway to send me those audio messages, send me the emails. And here is one of them from Bob Matter in Chicago. Hi, Bob. How are you doing? And it says, hi, Matt. Have you shot the Yashka or Yashika, some people say, Yashka Imagination Panoramic Opinions? I am intrigued by its ability to flip between full frame and double wide on the fly. Interesting. Very interesting, Bob. It has a 28mm f4.5 lens, which seems not too horrible for an auto focus point and shoot. Now, that's interesting. Um, So, I'll, I'll repeat Bob's sentence here. I'm intrigued by its ability to flip between full frame and double wide on the fly. Now, a lot of these panoramic cameras, of course, when they switch between um, full frame and panoramic, they're just putting down these little lines inside the camera. And um, I did do a little bit of research on the Yashka Imagination panoramic. Uh, No, I haven't used it. It sounds very interesting, Bob. You're giving me gas here, Bob, but I'm trying to give up. (laughs) Um, But I, I do wonder, is it actually just flipping down those little blinds inside the camera to do the panoramic photos? Or is it like the X pan where it does really, it does really have the ability to shoot between full frame and that sort of almost double wide format? Uh, So no, I'm going to look into that. I don't have any experience shooting that one, Bob, but I have recently bought a couple of really crappy uh, panoramic cameras. I think I bought a couple of Vivitar, I think they're IC panoramic cameras, and I actually bought them from a seller off Etsy. I don't know if I I told you guys this, but I did buy some crappy cameras off a guy on Etsy in Brooklyn, and I bought four or five of them. I think I bought five. That's right. I bought five because the postage was the same. The shipping was the same. So I bought five. And I think the guy felt so sorry for me. He actually put a six camera in the package for free. He's like, oh man, come on. Come on, dude. If you, if you don't know a good camera, I'm just going to give you a bonus one. That's what it was kind of felt like. It was very nice of the guy though. But So I will be looking at shooting some of these panoramic plasticky cameras in the new year, but no, I'm yet to uh, to shoot the Yashka Imagination Panoramic. If you guys know anything about that or know anything about its panoramic uh, abilities, let me know. Mattlovescameras at gmail.com. And thank you so much, Bob, for your email. Sadly, my friend, you did not win the film. Uh, but there will be more competitions in the new year. So make sure you subscribe on your favorite podcast app. That's it for this episode of Matt Loves Cameras, episode 23 of Matt Loves Cameras. Uh, It won't be the last episode for the year. I definitely plan on continuing to um, churning out the podcast. Well, maybe not churning out the podcasts. I wish I could churn them out quick. 
but there'll be definitely uh, be one before the end of 2019. And I've got a few more planned already for 2020. Uh, so I'm not sure if I will get another one out before Christmas Day. So if you do celebrate Christmas, I hope you have. Uh, I hope you have a very happy and safe Christmas. And uh, actually, I've just realised. Hopefully, I'll get my Secret Santa in time for the big day. So I might do a little episode there where I unbox that. Uh, but I do hope you guys have a very safe and happy holiday season wherever you are in the world. Or whether you believe it in Christmas or not, it doesn't really matter. It's a special time of year, end of the year, to be with friends and family and think about everything you've done this year and look forward to the new year. That's it for this episode. I'll catch you next time. Cheerio. Bye-bye.